G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive. We're not going to talk about Dutch rudders. Which, um, you can um, urban dictionary that one, but Peter's been talking about Dutch ruddering before the show started, which, uh, yeah, not you sweet, but that's our man, Special Pete. Um, anyway, <laughs> Curly has done it again. It looks like looks like Curls, we've found another pretty fast one. Certainly one that's going to pay itself off for us like, pretty quickly. And... Uh, when you sort of get a little push from you, and it's an owner's bet, and it's fifteen dollars and bigger the fare, it was almost fucking Christmas yesterday. Great start at the show, Jack. Um, yeah, well, we should probably relive that in a little uh, replay or something. But um, I actually chucked it in the um, the chat in the uh, on the app on the mailbag app. Um, just like couldn't believe the price of this thing off its two trials. Like horses going good. Obviously, we're brought into it, and it was just uh, like it's half. It's missed the start. It got pushed. It sort of started over racing a little bit, and then got pushed three, three deep, four deep on the corner. And she's only like she's hit the front and only just knocked up the last fifty to get run over late. I actually sort of had a decent bet on it. Like if it wins, I'm, I'm. Um, you know, I'm get, I'm helicoptering in and out of the bull <laughs> from Crown Casino each day and night. It was so <laughs> sick. I thought we were going to win for a stride. But anyway, she's right. Like, um, imagine how far it wins at Casino last Monday when they were oh. called. Like, it wins by what, a furlong. What price would we have got at Casino, though? Uh, it went up $4.50. Oh, God. So they would so it would have started. So we would have got, like, three dollars three fifty. You know, nine o'clock that morning. But anyway, um, yeah, it ended up being a pretty expensive day for me yesterday because I uh, I chased out that thing at, at Ballarat too, and I launched it there at Selling Sunsets. Both I thought we were going to win with a hundred to go. That was that uh, stay in race. Yeah, the three of them just just beat everything else by about thirty five lengths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like. Honest to God, there should be an inquiry into some of the what happens at these Sunday meetings. Like, it looked like they were about to finish the race before the corner, and some of those riders have lost by like forty-five lengths. <laughs> You're not on Macquarie David, mate. You're on a fucking very slow horse. It's not very fit. It was, it was a pretty strong effort. The winner, a bit, a bit stiff to run into a couple like that and beat the rest by that margin. But yes, anyway. yes. Anyway, I spoke to Casey who trained selling Sunset after the race, and everyone's pretty happy and. Just a matter of finding the right race next start and, and winning for us. That's the plan. Anyway. Okay, Beautiful. very good. Uh, we had a couple of meetings. You guys completely, well, cleaned up. Curls yourself, especially in Queensland. Very nice performance. I'm not sure whether anyone, um, oh, well, for those that get the start, get my stuff, obviously they would have watched the race of October Joy, race two at the Gold Coast. For those watching at home, feel free to go back and have a look. We were gone at the 800. Led and gone. It was a 2,200-metre race. and Oh, Alex- is this the one I called you about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We've had, uh, we've had a, a decent Pattis. Two units at 6.50, and A. Pattis is just stuck to the inside, stuck to the fence and just kept bashing it and just got it completely No, that's not the, the whole story. This is, this is the only race I watched in Queensland all day. Now, she's jumped and jumped okay, but whoever it was inside her just sort of half-fucked her and said, nah, you're going to have to go a little bit faster if you want the lead. So she went, okay, 
and went real fast. And then all of a sudden she was three or five in front. And then she tried to slow. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I don't know what it would trade in run. She was headed well before the corner. Oh, well, but the horse that yeah. headed her started rolling out. And then he thought, look, when they go to the side on here, we're a chance of being sort of a chance. Like, we might be level heading here. And then it was just like they were going up and down in one spot. She was unbalanced and struggling to whip it, but it was still too good. It was an outstanding bet. It had everything in it to kick you off on a Saturday. Well done, Curls. On a big start to the Saturday and a big day overall. Well done. Yeah, it was it was a great, it's a great start. Jeez, it's easy to it's just easier to play the day when you're back for winter early, isn't it? Like you just mm. relax. You just see it better, I reckon. But anyway, we've uh, we got on the right side of a few results, which um, we've been stiff a couple of times, and a couple of the you know better sized bets lobbed in town as well at Doom, and which we'll go into a little bit more detail later. But it's a nice day. Yeah. Meanwhile, at Caulfield, it's another winning performance for Jay Dickens, although. Oh, no, I'll bring it up when we get to that race. Anyway, you had uh, a good sort of collect on Lil Contra to complement Superium, who, despite the stable change, is still running up backsides in most of the straight. <laughs> I think that horse is Well, probably... that's going to happen, Joy, when you follow like, yeah. <laughs> like an aggregate of like, 150 to 1 horses in run. Like, probably do what the winner didn't get outside of him. Yeah. I mean, Brett's had six months off and he still figured it out. Um, the best of Joy is quite good. I thought his ride on the Quiro was outstanding. Mm. Um, but the worst of joy is fucking horrific, and um, I think as the older he gets, the the the, the smaller that gap will be. But um, that was a hard watch. Like we, we we won pretty well on Saturday, and we win huge if Superior wins. And how the fuck Grand Promenade hasn't won, which was another bet. Yep. Which we're going to talk about later on. Yeah, uh, let's start with race four because you wanted to talk about Cordilla. Yeah, she's run to to a new career PB. Um, off the back of like failing at Mooney Valley, that was that day, Pete, that we were there. It was heavy and wet, mm. um, so I, I think you can sort of forgive and avoid her on heavy ground. Um, I reckon she's pretty talented. There was a win a few back at Flemington, which was uh, like a horse was with above average ability. Um, having said all that, though, I, I think she was suited by the way the track raced on Saturday. Um, they did gap third. But I've done a bit of digging, and she's owned by Wind Stud. So I suspect sort of very, like, a shoot placement, and they're just going to try and pinch some black type with her. Um, I think she is group class, but only just. How did the track play there on Saturday for someone who didn't see a race? I think the rail was a slight disadvantage throughout the day. Um, but, like, the last winner led basically rails in run, got off the fence in the straight, Um that was probably the ride of the day just in front of the Quiro. That was uh, Craig Newitt on Inverloch. That was just outstanding, outstanding riding. His section from the eight to the six like, won the race. Um, even had a little peek back at the top of the straight. It was That's good, wasn't it? So I, I did see that race because I saw you put it out. No, no, don't bring it up on the show, mate. I talked yeah. to you about it before. It's one of my favourite horses, Inverloch. I was like, oh, hard press, just keep smacking it. <sighs> I found it on top in the yard punters, but it's still because I'm into my uh, COVID pricing shit. It still wasn't quite a bet, although it was a mistake late in the day. I had it just about the market, so I should have had a small bet on it. That was a mistake. Anyway, great ride. Knew it. I did get something out of it in run, but not much. Um, what was I talking about before that thing? Cordia. Yeah, it goes good. I think this rain bill is like, fuck, if you owned it, You'd be sick. Like, they have gapped third, 
it's run a career PB here, Rainbow. Um, it hasn't won a race since it knocked us off at fucking Kyneton that day when it was at Hemorrhage. <laughs> we ran second to it. <laughs> I still remember it, and I've just started to sort of forgive it. Um, good horse going well. It's not it's not an A-grade rider, Dean Holland, but the, the ride was A. It was, it was a perfect, fine ride on Saturday. Um, sometimes a horse doesn't get luck. This time it just ran into a better horse. Um follow it but you're not going to get a price yeah no, I think obviously fair. a lot better than anything else on the day thought missile mantra in the early race is well worth following too that was a big win was that uh, first up yeah off good trials yeah. but uh prayed really well we should have been with it i almost did that's kind of like you were talking about curls at the start there i didn't want to sort of spend a shitload of units in the one race early in the day like like sort of bet four and a half to win seven and a half yeah, to sort of let it go, basically. Um, plus, as get back run on, which even though I thought maybe that'd be okay on Saturday, it's not typical Caulfield. So, big win. Well, one of the races you did throw out early was Mohican Heights, or one of the bets you threw out early, and they've gone pretty quick here, like on punting forms data, 8.4 lengths faster to 600, so they've hooned along. But, geez, it would have been a good thing licked. It was like blocked, I think, two or three times in a straight, which is gasping to find that better ground out wide. Yeah, and good on Jimmy T for um, giving it to M. Walker for half slaughtering it. Uh, uh, Jack, 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 you're still serving your six-week ban from banning, for bagging M. Walker, mate. <laughs> well, when he settled a couple of pairs further back than he could have, I wasn't happy. Um, I thought Skelm paraded really well. And I was convinced it would win top of the top of the straight. Like it's a tough line chasing shit that thing. Um, I sort of lost the tripod for a little bit there mid race. Um, very scared of Yonkers, who was Stockdale. I thought gave a really good ride, but sort of lost the momentum key stage. Um, and I don't know who was on um, who was on the other thing, but it was like a Ballarat ride yesterday, staying race. He was off and gone on um, what was it? McAvoy horse, he just he just fucking went for it. I don't know who it was. He went real early. Anyway, um, yeah. In the end, the the car's got it right, I guess. Um, mm. No, and full credit to full credit to Walker too for giving it to JT after the race back. When JT goes, I oh, didn't go to plan for you, and Walker goes, well, what was your plan? <laughs> yeah, but if he had have asked, oh, JT just needed to have that second bit. Well, my plan would be for Jump World not to, to show some intent so I wasn't last the fence, requiring a lot of luck. Mm. I don't know. But he got it, and he, he's a very courageous and strong rider, Michael Walker, and he stuck it through those holes, and the horse yeah. went enormous. And the horse sort of... Oh, we spoke about it on the previous show. It was one of the more progressive horses on the on the card, like with the least convictions. And it's now ticked another box where it's run off a big figure off a fast tempo. It was very good at Mornington off a really slow tempo. So the horse looks to be pretty versatile. Um, easily the horse out of that race to sort of to follow going forward. Skelm going really well. Paraded great. Now, you did mention before Grand Promenade how did it not win. Do you want to talk about how it did not win? Well, I'm convinced the market's down in Victoria that no one knows anything at the moment because independent roads run a PB by two and a half lengths. It's um, it's fascinating. It's, it, the betting in this race is f- 
fucking fascinating. So Independent Road last start, SP three dollars and twenty cents versus Vegas night nine dollars. They sat one two and run at Sandown, and Independent Road killed it. Three weeks later, two weeks later, whatever, we go to Caulfield. Independent Road utterly friendless. Vegas night hemorrhages. They settled one two and run again. I can't. Out of two thousand meters, is the only thing I can find as to why you might want to back Vegas Knight like they did, but not that heavily. I, I don't understand what happened. If you have a theory on it, this this is the most interesting stuff for me in the game. Um, I'd love to talk about it. So if you have an idea, email me, comment on the show on Twitter, whatever. I want. I'd love to talk about it and understand what might have happened here. Anyway, my point is the market had no idea because Independent Road run a PB. Did like huge price in run in the straight because Grand Promenade was there to go past it. Wycliffe also very very well backed and had this suck run behind Grand Promenade. Um, got home okay in the end, but uh, Grand Promenade went good. Independent Road went enormous. Um, it's a big figure what it's run here. Eleven point four above the all average punting form benchmarks. A strong strong number from a, a horse that's hard to catch. Very fast tempo for a nine-horse race as well, especially over 2,000 metres. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the way they maintained it through the, the middle section gave the horses better forward and midfield an advantage. Yep, fair. Sort of um, like what Froggy did to him in the, the next race, the I was last just, race. Just going to ask, not that I want to talk about Inverloch once more because that is one of my favourite horses, but can you comment on Platoon? Oh, what? What the fuck's? What? Are, you, you, no, no, you can. What are they doing? <laughs> well, I, I must say, I didn't even. What sort of preparation is this? It's chaos. What are they doing? Well, I was surprised to see it favourite. I'll put it that way. Well, I know it's coming. I'll tell you what. So it was a lot of people late because it was very, very soft. Yeah. How did it parade? Sweet. Walked well. No, no, no major knock. The parade. Mm. Yeah, I must say, I was surprised to see it that short in what looked com- a competitive field. I know, obviously, the Bendigo Mile race was like a, a decent enough run, but it was never really winning or threatening that race. Well, it had, it had like a month and a half off. It went, it went from twenty four hundred back to twelve hundred at Ascot, yep. where it won. Then it went to 400 metres at Flemington and went really good behind Mulvada, remember? Yep. We were there. Then then they thought, oh, that was a pretty good run. Let's send it to the Australian Cup over 2,000 metres off that 400 metre run. Weird, but whatever. Then they put it back to the mile. Then they stayed at the mile. Like, what's it going to do? What's next start going to be over 400 metres? Freshen up back over the twelve. It did hemorrhage on that day at Ascot when it won. Yeah, well, yeah. I think they know what they're doing in certain to a certain degree, but in regard to when to bet on it and when not to. Um, if it's not going for a spell, I'd be very, very... I wouldn't touch it next start other than the pink button. Okay, well, conversely, surely we're following Inverloch again because he races well at Caulfield. All the meetings coming up are at Caulfield. Or out to 2,000 metres, you'd think he'll be able to do the same thing. 
Yeah. Well, I don't think it was any advantage to be on pace on Saturday. Mm. He's just strong. The ride was good, really good. Uh, I thought the horse of most interest out of the race, though, was um, Brigham Rocks. It went really, really good. Yeah, old favourite amongst uh, various mailbag yard watches that horse. Well, it's gone. It's gone as good to the punning form all average benchmark first up on Saturday as it went all of last preparation. Yeah. Last prep at SP like fourteen dollars in a Group One. Yeah. It, it almost it almost knocked off Ash Run to run in a Melbourne Cup. Um. Look. It, it was half-backed early. I, I actually noted it in the early, early markets and thought, oh, fuck, here we go, because it had had three trials. But it was real soft late in betting. I don't think it was expected to do anything by the people that would know. Um, it improved second up last preparation big time, doubled its figure, um, and ran a really good third in a good race, like a group two maybe, group three, do all that. Um, but it is up in Sydney. Sometimes I worry that this horse like this went so good that they might flatten up next start, or they went so good that the stable will change plans. Yep. But we did have Uncle Chris on on that um, really interesting Sydney mailbag show, and he was very much like, I don't change anything. You know what I mean? So yeah. that maybe we just, it's just, just play on. I don't reckon he'll be missed though, or I think it's a he, will be missed by the market next start. You know, it'll be. Fucking short. Okay, very good. Uh, your week ahead, you've got Mornington Tuesday, uh, Bendigo Wednesday, Pakenham, Wangaratta Thursday, Cranny, Swan Hill Friday, back at Caulfield Saturday. Plenty going on. Yeah, so you'll get Mount Yard Mail uh, from Mornington. Jack and I are going to Mornington, and there's, there's rumours that um, the old Dutch sailor Pistol Pete Antlis <laughs> is coming as well. Um you will not be getting many other mail from me from Bendigo. There is no one on God's green earth I'm going there. It's too far this time of year with a kid very, very close to dropping. Um, maybe Jacko, Jacko goes, I don't know. We will price the whole meeting um, and we will bet, but you won't get many other mail. And then obviously the next one you will get is Caulfield on Saturday where despite Caulfield being a little bit of a scary joint, Peter, as we know, we're two from two, baby. So... Looking forward to it on Saturday now. Really, really thoroughly enjoy the members' setup at Caulfield. It's really good value, um, the package, just to get in, where you can sit, watch big TVs. I would like it if I put the football on. and um, but There's too many people there, but I would love it if they halve the price of beers. I only have one or two at the end of the day, but um, it must be an expensive day if you go there and drink all day. Fuck. Listen to you, half spook in the MRC. Very good. I like it. No, it's it's it's, it's a really fucking enjoyable experience. Their their members' experience is the best I've had. Yeah, I might have called Caulfield headquarters at one stage last year, and you guys scoffed at me. But uh, there it is. Well, don't get me wrong. I can love. I love the GA up there. Remember, we used to have that spot at the top. Yeah. Anyway. Caulfield doing something right. Good that they have a members' experience and a general race-going experience that caters to people who, or at least half caters to people who actually want to go and bet. Well, in the members in Caulfield, like I could, I could throw a tennis ball to the betting ring, to the bar, to the TVs where I want to watch stuff, to the food, 
to where you have to go and have a smoke, which I don't smoke anymore, haven't had one for ages, and throw throw a tennis ball to the manning yard. Like, yeah. What more do you Plumington, want? At you got you got to catch five escalators to do either. It's great for guys like me who are trying to put on more condition um, and have succeeded in doing so. Curls, Queensland, let's talk. What's happening? Yeah. Um, Besides selling first sunset. Of all, first of all, let me get this off my chest. How did Flying Crackerjack get beat at Rockhampton on Saturday? <laughs> Dead set. So we bet we had one bet at Rocky uh, for the service. We bet Flying Crackerjack. Now, Flying Crackerjack lost. Did you send through a no more no more fucking bets at Rockhampton message? No. You might have sent it for Ross then, because Ross goes, that's it for Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, get serious. Like, um, we were on this for the service. Um, we had a couple of bets in the race, We were, and a couple of weeks ago, one of them was flying Cracker Jack at Eagle Farm at, like, $21, and, it like, it's got beat, like, a quarter of a length or something. It, that margin gets shorter and shorter every time I talk about this. So it goes to Rockhampton in a restricted sales race for horses that were sold through the, the local the local Rocky sale up there. And I've marked this thing like a dollar sixty. Had four units at two forty or something. This is like complete gift. And um and it leads and gets beat by a, this this horse with absolutely zero form sits outside it and beat and beats it. Like genuine how sort of stuff going on in North Queensland. The horse that beats us, like, it's never won over 1,200, let alone even raced over 1,300. It's first up 175 days, gate 15, just gasses straight across to sit outside us and beats us fair and square on the day. It was just sickening. Um, just, yeah, that was the only downs. That was the only sort of downer on the day. Been pretty happy with the way we've sort of handled the Saturdays in the last few weeks. I've changed it up a little bit and sort of um, like put less focus on the shit races like, you know, Toowoomba and that sort of thing. Like I did the did the meeting on the weekend. But, you know, once again, Toowoomba doing Toowoomba things, $1.65 favourite getting rolled, $1.45 favourite getting rolled. <laughs> like, you know, I spent – I think I spent like four units and got three back or something like that, like just small bets. Um, it's really difficult to, to sort of bet there with the quality of – Horses and jockeys, but on a, on a positive side, we saw a couple of good performances Saturday in town uh, at Doom, and um, I think I, well, I particularly liked the the win in race four of Fender. Um, Brett Kavanagh's brought this horse up from Scone. It's going to base it here over the winter carnival. There was talk of um, trying to get into a strad break or something like that, which. Um, you know, he'll need to make a fair bit of improvement, but he did sit outside of the leader, um, and which was a Michi, the David Van Dyke horse that was heavily tipped um, in places. Um, we're on Fender for the service. Um, we sort of bet the drift. It was 260 out. I think it got out to $4, uh, which was a great result for us, and it really did kick their brains in. Um, you know, it sort of ran... Same figure that it ran first up last preparation, which was at Rose Hill. So I think it's a progressive horse here. It's uh, a low benchmark. Like that was a 78 benchmark race that it won on Saturday. So it'll win again next start if they sort of go to that. If they don't go sort of like jump 
you know, jump too high a grade. If they win one more sort of leading into a carnival race, you know, it, the right race would be winning next start for sure. Um, there's a little bit of chat um, on Twitter um, on Saturday just about Amici and the David Van Dyke runners. We had Amici was sort of um, drifted a little bit in the market there and Cloak in the mile race was a big drifter as well. Um, they both ran below their best. Um, Amici sort of regressed two lengths from its first up win, but it did sort of sit on a, a bit hotter speed this week, just gone. So um, I don't really know whether it's much good. Amici, I think sort of it's sort of on its marks. So hopefully it goes around favourite again and we'll be against it yet again. Um, what else come out of that meeting Saturday? Oh, probably a frustrating race there for us would have been... Um, like for the service would have been race three at Durban. That was a race that we really launched into. Um, uh, we sort of we were on cloak betting the drift and we we're on barefoot uh, as well. Sort of mapped the race though, and foreign territory sort of leads cloak outside at barefoot from the back would be the only other winning hope. Took ten dollars barefoot, wins at fourteens. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> they run some it. like. Um like decent times, like figures at Doombin. Yeah, it's what's that? We're just because we're warming up towards the winter carnival. Yeah, look, I don't really. I mean, you know, barefoot sort of ran up to what it can do. Fenders ran up what it can do. I think we just had a little bit better quality horse, and I think the other thing too, which is pretty evident now, is that trainers are dodging Eagle Farm. There's no doubt about that. Like they were, you know, big full fields at Doombin, better quality horses. Um. You know, the Eagle, the, we've got a midweek meeting at Eagle Farm on Wednesday. There's eight races. There's like 78 acceptances and for eight races, and not one race has a capacity field. Um, you know, yeah. the, biggest, the biggest field's 12, and they're just, uh, your trainers are just dodging the joint because it's too hard, and, you know, the horses are, a lot of horses aren't performing. So, is there any media uh, up there around it? Like, will there be anything done about that? Uh, there certainly won't be any media about it, Jack. Um, so we've got um, uh, former racing rider at the Courier Mail, Nathan Exelby, is now like uh, employed by the BRC slash Racing Queensland. Um, so it certainly won't be any negative publicity. I think Ben Dorries has taken the role of riding for the, the Courier Mail. So and I think it's been pretty well documented what the trainers have thought. David Van Dyke's come out and said he avoids the place and a lot of tra- a few other trainers have, without saying it, are just not running horses there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, we've got the Wednesday meeting at Eagle Farm this week, which I'll be covering, and then we've also got Eagle Farm on the Saturday, um, which is going to be super, super interesting because we see like the first of the of the better sort of prize money races, I suppose. Like we've got a listed race for three-year-olds over 1,400, and there's 10 noms. Um, there's just sort of small noms for the whole meeting there. Like we've got some good prize money races at Eagle Farm Saturday. Uh, nine races, 122 noms. So I think it's a big issue for them for sure. But I don't mind it from a punning point of view. You just back the horses that handle it, you know? Yeah, you, you, well, credit to you. You, you basically called this, I reckon, six months ago, longer. Yeah, you just got to adjust, I suppose, like sort of want to put less time and energy into whinging about the tracks and more time and energy into finding 
what suited, you know. And yeah, that's well, it's, same, not, same it's not your job to it's not our job to push narrative to help the industry. It's like dollar for dollars going around and being beaten by a mile in an early race at Caulfield is favourite. And there's in the stewards' report they found nothing, and the stable will report if they do find anything. And then on Twitter you see it look like an owner, but I don't know. But it's not my job to know. It's not, it's a it's a story that should be chased by a journalist, not a you know a punter. Um, implying that the horse scoped with blood in its lungs at home. And then Dan Bowman, good man, friend of the show, trainer, said that that happens a bit. Like you, you, you do a deeper, more thorough scan back at the, the stables and you, and you do report that to the stewards so that the stewards can then report that to the to the punter. Yep. So, but at this stage, there's nothing in the stewards' report about dollar for dollar, which shits me. But hopefully that's addressed. Maybe that's a, something that they'll chase up on a Monday. Today, Monday? Yeah, it is. Like the stewards might chase that up, you know. Yeah, they definitely will now, I think. But they should. Like, the majority of, of us sort of uh, funders of the industry are doing our database work on a Monday. Correct. You know, you're not going to go back through and just check has any of the words changed in stewards' report a week later? Yeah, true. We fund the game like it should be dealt with pretty promptly. If if the information's out there, which it sounds like it is, if it's not out there and the guy's just talking shit, then fair play to everyone, mm. including the guy talking shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I did see you mention it did run in an Everest, didn't it? Dollar for dollar. No, it didn't, did it? I don't know. Did it? It was one of those. Um, anyway. Sunset syndications will have one running if dollar for dollar ran. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Oh, it did run. It ran last. It got beat 8.8. Classic legend. Well, so it went closer to classic legend than it went to fucking... Missile Mantra. Missile Mantra. (laughs) Come on, guys. Yeah. Show us some respect. Maybe we can get, maybe we can get Silly Sunsets into the uh, All-Star Mile. You know, you, we fucking could. Nah, I don't think so. I think she's more like a... doesn't um, matter. There's always four horses that are just purely there because people voted, like the Herobian. I was thinking more new market, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got to be able to vote them in. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, that's bloody good, isn't it? Yep. I don't even know what I'm saying. Anyway, that's Queensland um, in a nutshell. Any horses that grabbed you that you want to follow? Um, well, we're on the last with a wonderful Rara. I liked her effort again. Don't know what level she gets to, but... Is she from Victoria? Yeah, she's an ex-Victorian now with Prush- Steve O'Day. and Prushka? I think so. Yeah. It's one, two of three in Queensland. Amazing. We've been on it both times. <laughs> well, it's a fine Dutchman. Uh, yeah. um, uh, like I said, I think Fender wins again. Placed right. Um, uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, yeah. As far as like genuine ones going forward, it's the best. Um. 
that's it for me, really, from Queensland. Nothing else I can think of there or I can talk about. Okay, now before we go, yes. Peter, entertain yes. us. Is he Live, frozen? <laughs> oh. He is now that he's back in Victoria. The weather's frozen in. Exactly. It literally, it literally hailed like so much that it looked like snow yesterday morning. Was there any snow in the city? No, I was, I was expecting to come back and see ice everywhere, but then I realised that's only in WA. <laughs> yep. It's not funny. It's a serious problem. Clean up your act, people. Mind you, speaking, of, uh, speaking of cleaning up your act, are you going to the? Are you going to go to Warnable? Pistol. He has to, yeah, one hundred percent. You both are, aren't you? Yeah, it's my son's birthday on the Monday. I forgot. Well, I didn't forget. It just didn't line up. So anyway, I've got some work to do to get out of the <laughs> to get out of the house Monday to fly down. How old are you turning? Ten? Oh! <laughs> I was going to say take him, but you can't. You'll kill him. No, no. Where's your dad? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What about that clairvoyance pistol? Did you see it Saturday? I did. Um, still plenty of improvement to come physically for this preparation. I believe they're going to be stepping it out over a little bit further. Out of a mare called Dance on Air, which was a Ellison Zara horse, uh, which ran pretty well at Caulfield. Uh, I think it won there three or four times at the top of my head and went okay at Mooney Valley. I suspect we will see her here at some stage over the next year because she's just recorded a PB. They've gone 6.7 lengths fast to the 600, got headed in the straight, which the trainer... Darren McCall have said after the race, he was surprised ladies of London actually got in front of it in the straight and was able to keep going with it. That horse has run enormous as well. But, uh, yeah, Clairvoyance has got a heap of upside. It's posting what you'd call Group 1 figures that you'd see in WA. And I know a lot of people have got excited and all that sort of thing. She's still very... Got a few tractability issues, but a uh, heap of upside. Exciting horse. Did it, uh, was it ridden like the best horse on Saturday or did it sort of take charge a little bit, did you think, or what? Yeah, it's, it was hard to hard to get a line on it. I think they went out there with intent to ride it like the best horse, make sure they led. I just don't think they expected that another horse would be sitting that close to it. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think that's certainly its big advantage. It's just a massive cruising speed and can really put Dude. a lot of these horses just to absolute dust. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that was a pretty good effort in, to record that you know, negative 9.9 on punting forms overall, second up on a quick backup when the horse really, again, like I said, probably isn't fully fit yet. So uh, that that's, was the, that's a big figure. That was the, the other number, thing I was going to mention. The numbers line up with uh, the other good horses that they've brought out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you have a look at Fabergino, for instance. Um, she's probably about two lengths off what Fabergino was recording at an absolute peak in WA. Just having a quick look. Yeah, Fabergena recorded a 12.2 and a 13.3 in WA. So, yeah, about two to three lengths off that, which is pretty good going for a WA sprinter. You, you don't see those sort of figures outside of, of Group 1s typically. That is one thing the MRC 
This is, I think that's what they're called, could improve. The the Perth racing just gets no respect. That's across the board. You, you don't see a race. Uh, yeah, I know, but it's a way they can stand out. You know, like, just have either put on the big screen or put another bigger screen next to them. Yeah. Well, footy, WA. Give me Sky 1, Sky 2, Fox footy. I wouldn't even mind watching the league. Yesterday, me and Darcy watched the Australian Championships of the uh, Frisbee League. Okay, it's pretty good. I was too busy watching the Demons uh, dismantle Geelong. Yeah, I turned that off. That was boring, I thought. Geelong are hard to watch, aren't they? They're terrible, terrible, terrible operators. I think they're gone. I did uh, rock back into the CBD just in time to see a few miserable Geelong fans leaving the ground early, and I almost asked them what the score was, but I didn't need to because they were despondent. They had their tail between their legs, both proverbially and uh, physically, and uh, couldn't have happened to a more boring team. What did you? Are you pretty excited now, Dave Curly? Oh no, not quite just yet. We need to knock someone off. Like Geelong are not Geelong are going terrible, right? They had. I couldn't believe that, that that they were favourites, and then when I watched the first quarter, and I was like, ah, that's why. Dangerfield and um, Parfit were sort of missing from their midfield, and they've got no leg speed in their midfield anyway. And there's a couple of guys that can go a bit that were gone, and obviously. Um, They've got um, Cameron to come back in as well, but yeah, oh, yeah. I think yeah they've got a yeah they've got some hope, and plus they they plus their home games at that downhill skiing establishment down there at uh, Cadenia Park will help them get into the eight as well. They'll they'll fall into the eight. They should they should be playing Jenkins. Can't see how he doesn't get a game there. Um, anyway, Swans four and zero too. Yeah. Just yeah, a little test at home, yeah. And then the million Melbourne. dollar man, the million dollar man, just straightened up and just kicked a big snag when it counted. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? That's what cash looks like. That's what well spent cash does. Yeah. He boys the boys, he brings them up to his level, and then when he goes, "I'll, I'll you've done a heap tonight, lads. Let me finish it off for you." You know. Hey, what? Well, we're very fortunate to have AFL media because it's the only media set worse than the racing media. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, it's a punish. There's too many yeah. AFL journalists and not enough AFL games. There's more journalists than there are players, isn't there? Jeez, <laughs> oh, they run out of shit to talk about. Talking about getting a team in Tassie, you'd have to field it with half journalists. They do They do criticise a bit, don't they? Oh, you're allowed to criticise everything except for racing. That's what I mean. I, I, I like that about it. Just whether or not you've got hindsight bias if you're actually ahead of the curve. Not mentioning any names. <laughs> <laughs> we might speak about that on the barefoot punter. We'll throw it out to uh, Logical and Mug, and they can have a crack. Um, was Jay Carr unavailable to come on t- this morning? Oh, how repulsive! It's it, it, in my opinion, it's like it's basically sexist to obsess about her so much. Like she is an elite rider. She doesn't. It makes it clearly making her uncomfortable and putting extra pressure on her just because she's a woman. The jockey, mate. Forcing people to be role models. It's great. Yeah. Great for uh, human uh, existence, isn't it? Because what does that not a role model. What does it say about everyone else if you're forcing people to be role models? What just everyone else is just completely legless and cast. You can't look up to people in your normal life. Yeah, if I'm Jay Carr, if I'm Jay Carr, right, I make I'm gonna make four to five million dollars this year from riding horses. Okay. How much am I gonna make from being a role model and doing media? Mm. 
fuck all, and I'm not good at it. Or no, I'm not. Not not. Good. She's one of the greatest writers there is. She, she's not like a, a, she hasn't trained to do TV and be a role model. Like it's very very be very very hard to be a role model when you're under that much pressure. No, one, they're, they're all human. It's just stupid setup for her. I feel sorry for room, her. There's room for her to do that if she wants to later on. Like Caitlin Mallion was like was nowhere near as good a jock as Jay Carr, but you know she transitioned from jockey to a media personality. It's hard to be both at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And she's twenty. Yeah, but she only she only does like um. Doesn't she only do like that crown bet show? Mm -hmm. She's on Channel Seven and she's with J Mac, so it's a filler. Oh, I don't know. Either way you look at it. As Tupac said, mate, he refuses to be a role model. He sets goals, takes control, and drinks out of his own bottle. Okay. <laughs> just while you're at the top of your game, you just keep playing your game. You don't have to be anything to anyone. Let it go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm let, let her ride horses. I'm glad to see you just and the bullshit that I think it's good for it's good for the media guys to have their little East Coast West Coast rap battles like Maddie Stewart versus Richie Callender and things like that going on. You know, they're trying to keep themselves relevant, just you know, writing you know, article yeah, like after inserting themselves so into the Jake Card narrative. Like it's yeah, yeah, they've got to stay relevant. Like poor Johnny Allen, he his story is just as impressive to me. He he won another group one on Saturday. Like mm. there was a lot of narrative when we got caught doing what he was doing that that would be the end of Jay, John Allen. John Allen has delivered and delivered and delivered and won a group one in Sydney on Saturday. It's a huge mm. achievement. Not not bad that actually. Like I think Moody brought that horse for the owners and for Kieran Ma to try and they go to Tassie win a like win a dirty Tassie Derby and then go to yeah. Sydney and knock them off. Like it's huge effort. Thank God it did knock off Young Werther because I would have. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, is it safe to say that I should have won all that money? Yeah. yeah it's cost, it cost, it cost me job. more and more because every time it goes around, I have to have more and more on it just in case for my mental health. Mm. So, like, I, I lost a, a bit of money on it on Saturday and I felt pretty okay about that compared to, like, every other bet I had on Saturday that lost. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the to the boys reviewing the Sydney show, doing the Sydney show actually, because like like there's so much bullshit outside of what goes on on the track. But what went on on the track on Saturday was pure, you know. Mm. It was it was brilliant stuff on the track. There's too many there's too much shit off the track where people are trying to be relevant in racing because there's so many talentless people that make money off the racing industry. Yeah. Uh, and like all the talents on the track, and what Sunday was brilliant, like Nature Strip and that sort of shit. I'm, just, you know, I can't wait to hear what the wasn't that a, wasn't that a great ride on Nature Strip? Freak, like freak. Um, I thought Willow's ride on that horse. I can't say, Coco Ho, Quake Quake was brilliant. Yeah, like fuck, he was good there. And now Keen's Craig. Then he goes to fucking Ballarat to, to stick one up more snuffdale and. Nice four. Sickening. Well, how, 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 how greedy. <laughs> I yeah, feel guilty if I don't pick up my kid from daycare by like 4.30 when he goes. Just flying to Sydney and won a couple of million. No, not a couple of million, but a lot. Yeah, and then he sneaks Nah, back. mate, we can't play golf today. I've got to go and ride a couple of Ballarat. Yeah. Like, are you sweet? He's just committed to the cause. Yeah. Yeah. Maruno. 
He is indeed. Cash is king. And oh, well, anyway, I was going to say, yeah. All right. I'll, uh, we'll all catch up on Thursday and preview whatever's happening this Saturday. Caulfield, Eagle Farm, Ascot once more. I might preview Toowoomba on the Friday night as well. Oh. Ooh. Something there. Tune in. I reckon, I reckon we should get a guest on Thursday. Yeah, good chat. Okay. All right. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> the end.